This is the Sean Campbell Show, a podcast for the aspiring and hungry entrepreneur. Right, and I think it's uh, you know topic to the integrities. I'm very, and you are too. You're very educational in your presentations. Right. You want to teach. I want to teach, right. and that's my whole objective. If I get someone here in my office, all I'm doing is teaching. That's it. That's it. And I, I let them know. It's like, whoever you go with me or somebody else, please do these three things. Right. And I'm very transparent in how to do it. You know, they, they could actually go home and do it or to their office and do it themselves. But that that's the key for my, like, sales. Yeah. Is it, it's all, if I educate, the passion comes out. Right. The integrity. They can see it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, if you're educating, you've clearly mastered your craft. Mm-hmm. You really know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you can picture now... Like, take a step back and picture all the different people you've ever, ever interacted with yeah. that are sales. Yeah. If they failed, it's because either, number one, they are very passionate and they are very honest, mm-hmm. but they just don't come across as being that knowledgeable. Yeah. They, 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 fail, they, they fall short there. They're like, ah, you sound kind of like an idiot. Right. You don't, you're not making right. any sense. What you're saying, right. I, I, I believe that you believe it, and it's clear that you're passionate about it, mm-hmm. but... I don't think you know what you're talking about. Right. So that's one. You've also met the salesperson that is very knowledgeable mm-hmm. and probably as truthful as can be, but they are flat. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so you need to buy yeah. this car because it gets better, whatever. It's like right. they you, you can't feel any passion or any belief that they even believe in it. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't it, yeah. people need that. People yeah. buy based on emotion. I mean, even in business decisions, it's still an emotional decision. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking to somebody that's very very logical and very reasonable with what they're saying. And mm-hmm. you clearly understand that they're being honest. Yeah. Well, yeah. sometimes that's that missing ingredient. Yeah. And of course the third variation of that are people that are very knowledgeable and very passionate, but are full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's no shortage of those. No, you know, you know they're smart. You know, they're smart. Right. Yeah. And you can tell they're like, go, go, go. But yeah. you're like, you're lying to me. Yeah. You're full of crap. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't actually have my best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to basically get your quota. Yeah, you work for some media agency, and you yeah. know that you just want my account. But you're a smart guy. You're a smart girl. Do you have a monthly quota for Guetmo? No, neither do I. Good lord, no. Neither do I. I mean, I have my goals. Like everybody's goals, goals, yeah. But quotas, no. Yeah, I, I, I don't. My 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 level. My, the way I evaluate people that work for us. Yeah is not based on gaining new business. It's based on re- how response times, mm-hmm. like how, how responsive, how accommodating you are. Um, if you, you know, complaints, it's more about mm-hmm. service. Like yeah. your job is to be ridiculously, insanely over the top right. in providing what I consider the, the necessary things for getting a very happy customer. Yeah. If you do that, then everything else is fine. Anyway. You know, from our collaborations, I've probably worked with a good half dozen of your employees. Right. Every single one of them, the response time is unreal. Right. It is unreal. Yeah. No matter what my question or response or whatever it is. I mean, it, it kind of comes from the background that I established mm-hmm. going back all these years mm-hmm. and understanding some basic fundamental things. And maybe if you're starting a business, maybe it's B2B. Mm-hmm. You're actually selling a business service. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a business to consumer. Some of the fundamental things are never going to change. I used to tell my techie dudes, like I had a lot of tech guys who were, in some cases, you can picture them, you know, the, the prototypical computer nerd. Um, I did not like to hire those people because 
even if they were technically awesome, mm-hmm. if they failed on the communication side, yeah. it didn't matter. Right. And I would tell them that. I'm like, in the entire history of this company, I could probably count on one or two fingers the number of times we've lost a client because of a technical failure. Like, mm-hmm. we couldn't fix the problem or mm-hmm. we messed it up. Yeah. On the other hand, I could count, sadly, too many where the cut the client did not feel like they were being attended to, right. or that they were being ignored, or that they right. didn't matter. Right. It's it's those things. You could be a phenomenal, you can yeah. be awesome at your craft. I don't care if it's house painting, auto repair, mm-hmm. window cleaning, whatever. You can be awesome. But if you drop the ball on making your client feel like they're the most important person in, in the entire universe, mm-hmm. That's what's going to cost you the client, right? It's that it, it's ninety nine percent communication, right? I mean, you obviously have to execute whatever it is you're doing. You can't yeah. just bullshit your way through yeah. saying, "Hey, your windows are clean." You still got to be good at it, right? But that's not you know, failing. There isn't what's going to lose you your clients. It's yeah. going to be your inability to just make them feel like they're the most important people. And you know, your monthly reports do that, and that's something that I kind of learned from you because after I saw one of your monthly reports to a client. I really fluff mine up a lot, right? You know, it because is. I forgot to tell my clients how much I was doing for them. Right? I would just send it in the email, blah blah blah, whatever. Now I'm doing it, but I'm doing it with all the bells and whistles. Right. You know? and, and that comes from experience and also yeah. just studying your market. So whatever business you're considering opening, the, what we did is we looked at enough data to understand the number one reasons why companies that do were doing what we were doing would lose clients mm-hmm. and it usually came back to the client not understanding mm-hmm. or the client not having a clear picture of mm-hmm. what was happening or the client not getting enough communication. It was never a results. It was almost never results. Right. It was, it was right. never like, cause we didn't see the results. It was always because we just didn't understand it. It was all reporting. It was all communication. Um, there are literally probably thousands of people out there that do what we do they probably do a pretty good job, yeah. but they lose clients every day because they don't communicate. They don't, ex- I think people sometimes really disconnect from, uh, you know, I mentioned just a second ago, the emotional you know, trigger that you need to buy something. Mm-hmm. There's also an emotional feeling you have to have to continue to do something. You have right. to feel, I don't like that personally because I'm a very logical bit, you know, like dots and ones binary kind of guy. Yeah. But I can't deny the fact that so much of what we do as consumers or even mm. business owners really comes down to you know gut feeling and like how right. we perceive things. Right. In, in your estimation, how many businesses out there forget that twenty percent, the eighty twenty rule, where they're always looking for the new business, right, and they're not worrying about the current clients. Yeah, you know, and it's you know depending on the business model. Um, yeah, they always say that you know the best sale you can make is the sale to your own client to stick around. Yeah, um, depending on your industry, sometimes it's unfortunately yeah. impractical. Um, you have some scenarios in, in our particular situation in marketing where mm-hmm. way too many opposing forces mm-hmm. for us to have complete control over whether or not we get to keep a client. Mm-hmm. But if we lose a client, it's not going to be because of breakdown in communication, right? Right. It's going to be because, yeah, they grew to the point where they hired somebody in-house or the marketing you know, strategy we had just didn't produce results. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, I actually am okay with that. If we run a fair test of marketing strategy mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, we say, all right, we have the data mm-hmm. as we figured out, it costs you $3,000 to get one client 
and that one client is worth $400 to you, right. you should quit. Right. Do it now. Right. Dump it. That sometimes does happen. But it, I do get annoyed. Yeah, obviously, this doesn't happen very often because we're very watchful. If the client says something like, we left because we never really understood what you guys were doing. Or yeah. because we never, that, that I do not allow. Well, you know, to, to, to compound upon that, I mean, tell us what Webmo does. And right. It would probably be a good time for that. Yeah. So, yeah, Webmo is a digital marketing agency. We have um, been providing um, these types of services to uh, businesses of all kinds for about now, about nine years, about nine years. Um, it sort of came from our origins. So, we originally were techies, right? This is my brother and I. Mm-hmm. We were software developers, engineers, IT guys. So mm-hmm. just a very in-depth understanding of the real technical elements of what were happening mm-hmm. throughout the 90s and the early 2000s related to technology. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of changes. So having a fundamental understanding of that and then really listening to the clients we were serving. So in the market that we serve here, there were literally hundreds of business owners and, you know, roughly about 2009, 2010, the biggest pain point that they were expressing to us shifted away from being related to their technology. I mean, computers have become more stable. They really have. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been around long enough to, like, be in technology, back in the 90s and the 2000s, it was a freaking hot mess. <laughs> I mean, Windows was changing, like, every year. Yeah. There were, it was the very beginning of this, you know, absolute like massive influx of security related things with viruses. Mm-hmm. People hadn't ever used email before. I mean, it, it was an yeah. interesting time to be around, yeah. but that all settled down. So like, you know, 2005 through 2010 is like, mm, computers are looking pretty good. You know, we're, they're not crashing every two seconds mm-hmm. and they're secure or whatever, but my website and the Google thing and this right. Yahoo who told me to do this whatever. <laughs> Literally so, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, so we were hearing that from our clients. It's like, can you guys help us? Cause I looked your guys up and you have an awesome website and you show up when everyone Google's computer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So we're like, yeah, you know, I could probably help you with that. So we started providing that service to our clients. And of course that just ended up really taking off. Obviously once we had uh, proven to ourselves mm-hmm. that it was, something we were very, very qualified to do, yeah. infinitely more qualified than the competitors that we were up against, which kind of fell into two categories. The other people in the industry at the time, and probably still today, were either some person working out of their home, you know, that was maybe okay with the, what, the, with what they were doing, but had just a fundamental, like they would build a website and say, oh yeah, I can also do SEO and here and there, right, right, whatever, right. you know, and then it was like <laughs> hit or mix or the mega companies, you know, the, uh, the, what used to be the yellow pages or some of these other huge things, we just, we look, we evaluated the data and we saw, we looked at what was happening on our clients' websites and we're just like, this isn't doing anything for you. This is garbage. Right. Here's what you actually need to do. So I was mentioned before about being a skeptic. Yeah. That's exactly what we were. We were very skeptical about the, what everyone else was talking about. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you just blog enough, you're going to suddenly be on the first yeah. page. Yeah. Did anyone ever stop to just say, why? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, wh- how does that relate to this? Like, why would just adding more and more blogs to your website result mm-hmm. suddenly in you showing up in the first page? So we did our own experiments. We mm-hmm. ran tests. We actually really evaluate things. And in some cases, in certain industries, yeah, there were some niches where like huge amounts of content mm-hmm. would result in, you know, showing up. But 
not for the kind of search terms and phrases that people wanted. Mm -hmm. So like if you were an attorney and you were spending all this time blogging and investing all this effort into it, and you put up an article about DUIs, the client would start to show up on things like, how do, uh, you know, what's the minimum alcohol level for a DUI? Fine, the website would show up. But meanwhile, Mm -hmm. people who were following other tactics were showing up on things like, I need a DUI attorney. Right. Or DOI attorney near me. Right. So it's like, you just wasted a ton of time to show up on what was basically what's considered an informational search. Mm-hmm. But you did nothing to capture traffic on what we consider a transactional search. Mm-hmm. So anyway, not to divert too much, but essentially we just said, there needs to be a more common sense yeah. approach to this. And we've talked about this before. We yeah. entered in that market and we really felt like we were the only adults in the room. Everyone else is a bunch of freaking children saying, oh, well, you know, you can pour in water and turn it into purple. Yeah. Or, or, or like, you know, the, the, the hipster with the, you know, the yeah, beer and yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's about your story, man. Mm-hmm. If you just like tell a good story, you know, like, what the heck are right. you talking about? Right. What if all the stories in the world aren't going to like, you know, figure out how to, yeah. how to like get the algorithm to show your site and convince right. somebody that they want to use you. Right. I, I'm not going to say that that's a completely dismissed concept telling your story, depending on what you're doing. But like, how does that help a guy who's just trying to get more plumbing repair business? Right. I mean, right. let's be honest. They yeah. don't care about your story. Right. You just need to understand the mechanics and the functional, the functional things that are happening behind the scenes to make sure you're in the game, make sure mm-hmm. that your site or your ad or whatever shows up mm-hmm. when someone has an emergency freaking plumbing repair. Yeah. All the stories yeah. in the world aren't going to help you win business in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Not even the person who really want to show his ass crack. No, no, <laughs> you never know. There's a, there's a small niche. Of if he's got the tattoo right above it, it. Might, yeah. <laughs> with his logo and his one eight hundred number. So, so long story short, you know, we saw the uh, we saw we saw the niche. We we saw the ability to disrupt. Mm-hmm. We saw the ability to be audacious and say yep. Yep. whatever. We're not a marketing agency, but now we are. Yep. Even though we're just a bunch of techies, and we came in and started producing awesome results, and the, the, yeah. and it grew very rapidly. Yeah. Um, and, it be, and again, because we talked about this before, we took that attitude of integrity and mm-hmm. you know being very honest about what we're doing. We really understood our stuff and extremely passionate about it because we're like you. We're also business owners. Yeah. And I tell that to clients even today. It's like you could talk to a salesperson from some agency. Right. They're not a business owner. They no. just don't get it. They don't no. understand. No. You know, the, the stresses and the concerns and the budgetary limitations that you might have. I literally built this business to be what I would want if I were a business owner hiring a business. Yeah. Which is why I say things like, no contract. Right. I wouldn't want a contract. Why would I make you sign right. it? Right. That's, that's for that very reason. There's a lot of a lot of issues like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that worked, and then um, obviously the rest is history. We just obviously got a really strong uh, block of clients that all mm-hmm. came from our IT services company, and that led to more and more and more and more. And before wow. you know it, we got 23 people in the company, and wow. we're growing still. I think we've now reached our eighth year in a row where we've we've had significant growth every single year wow. enough to uh, make us say, all right, what do we do next? And right. it, it's, uh, you know, for any startup or whatever, it's not all positive. No growth sometimes right. can be like ugh, exhausting. So it, it will, will shift gears here a little bit because mm-hmm. it, is, it is sort of more of a personal thing, Yeah, but getting to the point where 
you're like, what am I doing? What back when we were just a four person company, mm-hmm. I was making X, which was okay. <laughs> now we're a twenty three person company. I'm making a little bit more than X. <laughs> the money's better. But is it so much better that it's worth yeah. all these other things? Yeah. And I think what hooks us as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. is knowing that we're only this much further mm-hmm. from that like top of that bell curve to where no, that's when it's really worthwhile. Right. And yeah, it's that right. ever elusive dream. I honestly don't yeah. think I would ever stop. Well, you can't. I mean, if you're no, like you said, if you're cursed. Right. With the entrepreneurial right. whatever mindset, yeah. you will never be content just relaxing. Right. And yeah, I, you know, I've, I've often wondered, it's like, am I an entrepreneur or am I just a serial business owner? Hmm. And I don't know. Hmm. I, I, an entrepreneur, it seems to me that's a person who wants to like come up with the next great idea and then exit, hmm. right, with a few million dollars. Hmm. I may have thought that at one point. But in hindsight, I don't know if I was an entrepreneur. I think I was just destined to be a business owner. Because huh. I actually like being a business owner. The idea of exiting and laying on a beach somewhere and not having a business yeah. doesn't sound remotely interesting to me. And, you know, I've been asked that a lot lately, you know, and, and I've run into a lot of people that assist businesses exit. Great. And I don't, I don't have any ambition to start thinking about it. I've only been in for four years. Right. But I don't have any thought of it. I mean, I try to. Yeah, and, and I don't. I don't dismiss that as, no. as the as the proper goal. Sometimes right. I wish I was wired that way. I wish right. I was wired to like build something that I could exit out of. But right. out of all the businesses we've started over the years, I, you know, there are a couple of them were intended to be things that could be exited, but it's never mm-hmm. worked out that way. Yeah, they've always ended up just being good, solid businesses with some mm-hmm. degrees of success and failure, or whatever. But I, you know, I, I don't even know. Currently, again, that's the end of the path. I mean, if you were to talk to me at 25, I would have said, yep, I want to be retired by the time I'm 35. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But now I look at it and say, what would I do? Right. I mean, if you if you spend an entire lifetime of, and that's not, I'm not even close to an entire lifetime, hopefully, mm-hmm. thank God. Um, if you spend an entire life doing that, why would you want to have a meaningless life of not having, if, if it's something you love doing, I know. Like building yeah. a business, yeah. having employees and stressing right. clients right. and all the things that come with that. Right. It's not just, it's not an appealing thought to me to just chill out and not do anything. Do you think of yourself a year from now, what you're going to, how webmo and you will be a year, two, three years from now? Yeah. You know, it's funny when you get further along in years, a year just seems like such a short period of time. Right. I almost have to think maybe in 10-year increments. It's yeah, like, see, for me, a year is still a lot. It's still, it's still a lot. That would be yeah. 20, you know, 20%. Right, of exactly, which is why, yeah. uh, you know, like when you're 18, a year seems like forever because it's one-eighteenth of your life. But mm-hmm. when you're 40, mm-hmm. then a year is only one-fortieth of your life. So it doesn't right. seem like it's a significant amount of time. Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, I'm, I'm actually um, blessed or mm-hmm. in, in the enviable position. I'm not going to mm-hmm. deny it of being in a pretty dang good place to mm-hmm. where um, I, I've kind of figured a lot of the fundamental things out. I yeah. have surrounded myself with the right team. We've got the right formula mm-hmm. We're in the right industry. Um, but we mm-hmm. talked about this before mm-hmm. those qualities, the insecurities. Right. And like a good example of that would be just because of the timing. I've never had this business during a time of recession. 
Yeah. Right? You and I have taught and drank a lot of beer yeah. over this topic. Right, this topic. It's like, it's all fun and games when there's growth. Right. You know, when there's optimism, right. businesses are growing. And right. for the last, you know, nine, ten years, yeah. that's kind of the wave that all of us are riding. Yeah. But what do we do when suddenly there's, you know, a downturn, which there always will be. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You have to go through periods of, you know, recession and whatever. Mm-hmm. But what then? You know, so it's like, that's, that's the insecurity part of me. So when you say a year from now... That's like after the next election, right? Who's what? Right. Nobody knows. That's become my obsession in the next twelve to twenty-four months. How am I going to diversify enough? Right. Because I'll anticipate I'll probably lose between ten and twenty percent of my clients. I mean, it's, it could easily happen. But yeah, you're right. The diversify thing is absolutely correct. If you right. can get more revenue streams and increase the the value that you're offering to the people yeah. you're working with, yeah. and open up things that are not even optional. Like, right. If you're going to stay in business, you need to do this. Right. That kind of is a little bit of a hedge. Unfortunately, and it kind of works both ways. I mean, in our particular world of marketing, mm-hmm. there's going to be a certain percentage of the companies out there. They're going to, they're going to see a recession as a time to be opportunistic. Right. They're going to be like, Oh great. The ones that are weak are not going to fall. Right. So now I have an opportunity to pick up market share. Yeah. If you take that approach and say, good, I'm going to, I'm going to be ready. I'm not going to be stupid about it, yeah. but I'm going to realize that when that happens, there's going to be a lot of my, even my potential competitors, they're going to be shook. They, they don't have the strength to endure that. Mm-hmm. If I do have the strength to endure that, I could go on an acquisition spree, right. like buying up more business. Right. And even your customers, even the customers that you're dealing with, if you're in the B2B world, mm-hmm. um, some of them, the smart ones, may double up. They may actually start spending more on marketing. They right. may, that may be the time that they do actually hire because they have right. that same mindset. Right. The others will probably fail because they'll cut expenses and they'll retreat and they'll be like, we're not doing anything for the next year or right. whatever. You know, and that's just the wrong mentality. Right. I mean, you, again, you can't be foolish and just like go after, uh, you know, silly goals that are unattainable during mm-hmm. times of, of, of recession or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, if, if you're strong enough to do so, you you can look at it as an opportunity to be a buyer. Yeah. For a while. You can yeah. actually look at it as a way to like, if you can sustain through that time, you can probably come out the other side stronger than you ever were. Yeah. I know here in Tucson, the number of businesses were, it was cut dramatically, but the local businesses that were strong grew over the recession tremendously. Right. Because they sucked up all those smaller mom and pop shops. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the ones that took the right attitude right. survive. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's like going back to the insecurity thing. That's mm. the kind of reason why you need to have that sense of you don't know where the next shoe right. is going to drop. You don't right. know what's right. going to happen. So don't ever assume that you've got it all figured out. Yeah, it's yeah. a good balance. You want to be confident, mm-hmm. almost to the borderline of being arrogant about your abilities, but just. In the back of your mind, know that, you know, anything could happen, right? right. You, know, you want to be prepared. Right, right. And I think that foresight is um, it, it's necessary, you know. So so hopefully you and I are bigger in Phoenix and elsewhere this time next year. And, yeah, you never know which direction you're going to go. I mean, there's um, yeah. being open-minded to exploring new tangents, right. whatever business you're in, again. Right. Um, being open to saying, I, you know, I, I think that there might be an opportunity to expand in this area. I mean, again, don't be reckless. Don't mm-hmm. just, you know, shoot from the hip and say, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to open up a new location over here. Yeah. Do your research, be pragmatic, you know, be realistic, have that sense of insecurity and paranoia. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
also don't just rest on your laurels and think that if I just stay the course, everything's going to be okay. Right. Um, you have to always be pushing forward. I mean, I, I, it's an old adage, but yeah, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm-hmm. It's kind of true. I mean, yeah. again, there's exceptions to that. Yeah. And again, I feel bad for kind of some businesses where you really don't have, you know, the ability to do much about your market. Like if you have a single, if you're if a coffee shop in a certain corner, right? You know, there's only certain like kind of levers you have to turn. You can think about other marketing methods and yeah. products you can sell. But there's almost always ways to make improvements. You know, one of my favorite coffee shops on Broadway, they uh, they carry local beers now. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Did they have to have a liquor, a liquor license to do that? They did, yeah. They, and then they expanded their uh, lunch to their dinner menu. And they've uh, put in a, yeah, uh, a Pac-Man, a, uh, an old-school Pac-Man uh, video game. And, uh, Brilliant decision. And, you know, I knew this guy for the last... Two or three years. You know where I'll run into them? At every brewery in town. At every brewery in town. So he was spending the last two or three years studying all these breweries, seeing which ones were the best beers. And Brian, he has the best beers in Tucson at his place. Nice. He really does. He only carries maybe four or five of them at a time. Mm-hmm. But it's the best of the best. And him and his wife run it. They're from... Um, uh, an old, I forget which one. I, I don't, I don't want to mistakenly no, say an, an old Middle Eastern, uh, not Middle East, uh, an old um, Eastern European bloc nation. Okay. So, um, and, and and they do phenomenal. They, they uh, serve phenomenal coffee, good pastries, good lunches, and now they've expanded into great local beer as well. So, Whoa. yeah. Speaking of beer, I had not tried this brewery before, and I was impressed. Um, it's right around Broadway, uh, Pueblo Vida. You, what? I had not. You have not tried. <laughs> what? I know. Isn't that crazy? It never made our list. That's like my top three. I know. I I, I, I get it. I went there, and it's phenomenal. And I was just like, a buddy of mine took a bike ride. <laughs> From north north part of town all the way down, he's like, yeah. Stop. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. Where have you been all my life, Pueblo Vida? Pueblo Vida is the one of the top three in town. Easy. Yeah. Easy. I've only had one unusual beer. I wouldn't even say it was bad. It was just because it tasted like a cracker. Oh. And it was kind of awkward. The one I liked was their German one. It's yeah. Like the they like, make some good Hefenweizens. They make some awesome. good stouts and porters. Yeah. I tried one of those two. They, the the they're good stout. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so we got we kind of got off track here, didn't we? We did. This is we did. This might you know, if you may or may not have had a Mike Hess grapefruit solace Indian pale ale with grapefruit, this is your first time you had it, right? Yeah, how, how, awesome. One through ten, how would you rate it? Um, I would give it an eight, or maybe even higher. It's really good. It's, I don't really it's have good. Any major way to knock this. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. The marketing is unbelievable because the whole top comes off. Yeah. It makes it, it very easy to drink. And I would say if you're a beer drinker that doesn't yeah. like the fruity, yeah, like, I, I, I'm not even a blue moon drinker. I don't, I don't really like going that direction. Uh, and this, uh, this is actually called a grapefruit beer. It, it is. Sense, no, not at all. But I, I sense just the very subtle hint of grapefruit, but it's more like the aftertaste you get. The refreshingness of right. grapefruit. Yeah, that yeah. sort of. Yeah. Sort of so, like, I, I'm going to kind of listen a uh, cat out of the bag on our own podcast. A friend of mine is a, is a buddy of somebody who's thinking of running for local office. Okay. So it's a nice little contact for us. So he wanted to set up a, se- a second meeting last, it was this time last week. Mm-hmm. 
said, hey, meet us for a beer. So I'm assuming it's the same place we met the first time. But it was actually at Crooked Tooth. Oh, yeah. So I'm at the first place we met for about an hour. He's like, where are you? Where are you? I'm like, we're at Crooked Tooth. And I'm like, ah, I didn't know you were there. But this guy is actually running for office, and he needs some presence online. So that's going to be our next little project that you and I are going to get involved in. Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever dealt with a politician? Yeah. No, there was a during the last cycle. There was a few, um, a few, a few political things that you can do. There's plenty of tactics. I mean, it's yeah. more restrictive than yeah. ever. We had to go through the grueling process of uh, getting authorized on Facebook. You yep. know, literally sending your driver's license yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You had to go through that as well. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff you can do there. There's obviously things in Google. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, I mean, it'd be negligent to not be focusing on the digital side of things. Right. And he gets that. Yeah. He's under 40 years old. Brian, an, an unbelievable military background. I mean, it's like half of it is classified. He can't even tell you. He, can, he alludes to it, right. but he can't tell you the whole story, right? Well, very well spoken. I, I shouldn't say his last name, but um, I, I, I gotta skip that part. Okay. But you're close. I can tell if you would have had just that last. The year, one more mess. I would have dumped it. I would have spilled it. Because it, I'll tell you right when we're done. Because okay. it'll, it'll turn the mic. Right, right, right. <laughs> but but his one of his like you know um, part of his strategy is to go to local breweries and just have beers with people. That's a great strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always more influential when I've been drinking. Well, he, he's, he, he knows what he's talking about. So I interviewed him as much as he interviewed me that first six beers. And then after that, <laughs> I was like, I'm much more interesting when you're drunk. Right. <laughs> when you're drunk. When you're drunk. When you're drunk. He, he's a really cool guy. So I've, I've already laid the, work, the, the, the foundation for both of us. And awesome. he's going to be a, a nice little a new client for us. Somebody had actually approached him when um, the word got out that he was going to be uh, running for office. And they said, for $60,000, we could do this for you. So anything under sixty is our budget, dude. Nice. <laughs> now, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's some good tactics. So I already told him, like, you know, for social, I'm only going to charge you this. Is that yeah. cool? He's like, what? He could, he could flood. The, you know, yeah. I mean, especially if he's smart about geotargeting. He's smart, good looking. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he's got good imagery and, yeah. and he doesn't do something stupid like hire a local mm-hmm. you know, TV station or whatever. Right. 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 So, right. Yeah. No offense. Sorry. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's going to be, uh, for me, it's going to be a feather in my cap to say, yeah, I hope this guy uh, get elected in the office. Right. I'm partially responsible for the debacle. What office is he running for? Can you say? Yes. It, it's um, from Campbell East. Like oh, the, so it's a regional. Like, it's a regional city. city yeah. And it goes all the way to like the east side of town. Cool. Um, and there is a um, an older woman who holds that office now. Mm-hmm. That this is her her fifth time in this position, not just in Tucson but in Phoenix. So she jumps around, and that's always been her her thing. She'll serve a, her term, and then she'll go want to be elected somewhere else, whether it's here in Phoenix. 
So that's a huge advantage right there. It's like, I want to be, I live right here at Grant and Alberton, right yeah. in the heartless soul of Tucson where everything goes down every night. Yep. I understand it. I get it. I'm this year, many uh, years served in the military. I'm this, this, and this. Very well spoken. Good looking dude. It's awesome. It's a slam dunk for us, dude. Okay, just got to get the message out. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so Brian, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Remember, this was awesome. You know, th- this was you know, even better than I expected. I knew this podcast. I may break this up into two because we went over an hour. We break it into like eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> we went all over the place. We, the we did. The section is going to be solely dedicated to beer. But what's funny is like in the beginning of this, you said, sorry for getting off tangent. When have we had a conversation that was like on the straight and narrow? You know, but to our credit, we always get back on point. Oh, we do. Somewhere down the line. We do. We always kind of come back yep. and do this like we did today. Yep. We did today. But this was really, I mean, probably most of our conversation. I mean, obviously there's... We took some, a lot of topics. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I hope that there are like opportunities. I hope that yeah. people that are considering starting businesses or are in those critical first couple of years, especially right. if they're discouraged, if they're thinking that, oh God, this isn't worth it. I'm not... This right. is not working out for me. Uh, you know, if, if this kind of conversation and if, you know, mm-hmm. hearing my babbling about my experiences and my philosophies yeah. helps even a little bit to just understand that, you know, perseverance, we didn't talk about that, you know, just mm-hmm. your ability to just stay with it sometimes right. is really it. Yeah. Just don't give up. <laughs> but then counter to that, sometimes it's time to start something different. Yeah. I mean, there's, I've met so many businesses where I'm just like, God, I wish you would just stop and move on to something that was really worthy of your time and effort. Right. Don't right. become so emotionally attached to your concept. Yeah. Again, my successful business, mm-hmm. which is the only one that I truly myself personally mm-hmm. classify as by my definition successful mm-hmm. was my seventh. Wow. Like anybody from the outside would be like, what are you talking about? What about right. like, uh, you know, by my standards, right? My standards are very high. Seven different businesses to get there. Wow. And and yeah. So if you're in your number one or your number two or number three, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah. that may not be the right one. Maybe there, maybe the next one mm-hmm. is the right thing for you to do. So I know it, I know it's kind of counterintuitive and I'm kind of contradicting myself. And on, on one hand I'm saying, don't give up. You know, you never know. Right. On the other hand, I'm saying, you might want to give up so that you can open yourself up to that next opportunity that could be the real big thing you've finally been working right, for. Right. Yeah. I never thought of that. I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but I had a my own, but I was an outside marketer specifically for local businesses, mm-hmm. primarily in the automotive industry. So I would be their outside marketer. And I had like eight different clients. Right. And so all my circles revolved around that particular industry. So I was, connecting everybody with everybody to do business. So, but it's like you said, I mean, that was my first real business and this is my second real business. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like, I, I'm, I'm developing other streams of revenue, right? You know, whether it's the driven or this podcast or something else. You know, and, so, and, and don't be afraid to change. You don't be so stuck or determined right, to like right. the vision you had like two years ago. Right. Don't feel bad if that vision had to morph into something slightly different. Yeah. Because that slightly different it might be coming from 
good data. You know, right. I mean, like picking up on all the different right. things that you're learning. Right. It's like, well, this isn't business I envisioned it being, but it's a damn good business at the end right. of the day. Right. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how can someone reach you if they need some information about Webmo? Yeah, the website web-mo.com or just Google the word Webmo Tucson, Webmo Phoenix. Cool. Um, yeah, that'd be the best place to start. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, for any small business that wants to learn about what to do for marketing on their own, mm-hmm. um, even when I talk to clients, I, mm-hmm. I tell them education first. Mm-hmm. So we always say education, then evaluation of your specific situation, and then and only then right. we make a recommendation. Yeah. So the first step, learn. And because we fully buy into that philosophy, we do a ton of educational workshops. Yeah, you do. Sean and I do them together. Well, I'm sure we're going to have something big yeah. in the first quarter. We're yeah. going to do something where it's going to be like a, yeah. a, a digital marketing summit where we're mm-hmm. going to gather mm-hmm. what we consider to be probably some of the best minds in Tucson covering mm-hmm. a lot of different topics mm-hmm. and really offering just a, a shut, shut everything else out and just take some time to really learn and right. and really ed- educate and invest in yourself and your business and learning all the things that are possible or the things you should know. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the starting point. You asked, you know, what can you do to get started? Come to a workshop, learn a little bit. If you don't have time, if you're, you know, dedicated to the idea of never leaving your chair, mm-hmm. we have webinars. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always opportunities to learn more, yeah. but and I don't care if it's working with us or anyone else. Don't do anything until you at least have a basic understanding. Right of what is really going on today in the world of digital marketing, websites, Google, social media, Mm -hmm. whatever else you decide to pursue. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So thank you, Brian. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. And, uh, we'll probably do this again in about six or seven months. Sure. We will do a follow up. Awesome. All right. Thank you for listening to the Sean Campbell show. Follow us on Instagram at the Sean Campbell show.